Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And I'm Mike Tucker. So, Mike, what is this promise that changed everything? Well, you you have to understand, first of all, that I came from a family that was somewhat dysfunctional. Actually, now I understand a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) We put the fun back in dysfunction. Um, My my parents had a very rocky marriage when I was a kid. It it actually started to improve about the time I left home to go to college. I don't know what if there's a direct (laughs) correlation there or not. But uh, they're actually still married and doing quite well. But at that time, it it was kind of rough. And so when I entered into marriage, I brought some of the baggage of my my childhood Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. the marriage, of course. Mm -hmm. And as will happen in a marriage, at times the you know. Your partner will tick you off. Yeah, will of do course. something that causes you pain. And mm-hmm. Gail was, you know, not unlike anybody else. She caused me some pain. Only my assumption was that it was intentional. Oh, that she was trying to intentionally hurt you. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so my response was that of anger, mm-hmm. and I would respond back to her. Finally, she said, "You act as though I did this on purpose." And my response was, "Of course, yeah, <laughs> hello." Mm-hmm. And she said, "All right, here's a promise to you. Mm-hmm. I will never intentionally hurt you." Wow. If I hurt you, you know that it was an accident or I just went brain dead or something, but I will never hurt you on purpose. And this was a brand new thought to me. Mm, and I can see how important it was because you're getting tears in your eyes oh, right yeah. now as you're talking about it. Yeah. And, you know, this month, December, we will be married 34 years, December wow. 28. Congratulations. And in those 34 years, she has never intentionally caused me pain. She's always been faithful to that promise. Hmm. Uh, and that changed everything. In fact, we put this in our marriage seminars that we share with people that, you know, this is a way to live, to make the promise to each other and then fulfill that promise, Hmm. to never intentionally Intentionally. cause one another pain. We're going to cause each other pain, but when it happens now, I can take a deep breath and say, all right, I know this was not intentional. When I explain to her that I've got pain over this, Hmm. she'll either explain what she did or she'll make it right, she'll apologize. We're going to be okay Hmm. because this pain was not intentional. It's very, very important how one promise can change everything, and in this case, your marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, we're starting a brand new series today for the month of December on Christmas, on Jesus' birth. And the first week, we're spending it on all the prophecies about the fact that there would be a Savior uh, born. And the first prophecy that we have is the promise of God that there would be a Savior, that this this uh, humanity's destiny is not doomed forever, that actually there will be a Savior. And that promise is what changes the history of the world, because that's the history of redemption. It is a promise that is made early on. People might be surprised that when you're going to study the birth of Jesus, you start in Genesis. Absolutely. you st- you got to start in the Old Testament to really understand the birth of Jesus, because we have to have a perspective as to why He's coming. What is this all about? What is the purpose? for this child? Why is he so special? Mm -hmm. And you find that when you begin to understand the big picture, the big story, Mm -hmm. which starts with the fall of Adam and Eve, the fact that they turned their back on God, sin is entered into the planet, and with sin, the uh, prospect of death, Mm -hmm. because those who sin, we die. They're separated from the life giver. That's right. And so the natural result of that is death. So there's got to be a solution to this problem. This is why it's called the everlasting gospel, because it was the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, are there from the very 
beginning. Actually, the whole Bible is uh, is the story of how God will redeem and has redeemed in the New Testament uh, the human race. And if we really want to understand this, we have to start at the very beginning on chapter one of Genesis mm-hmm. when God creates humankind in his image in verse 27 mm-hmm. of Genesis one, uh, where it says God created men in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Isn't it exciting? First of all, to know that we were created to look like our God. Yes. To, yes. To, to remind himself of himself. And when he looked at us, yes, he wanted us to be like him. And, you know, when my children were born, the fact that they looked like me was just a real plus. <laughs> <laughs> For them or for you? Well, not so much for them, but for me, it really was. Well, see, here the principle of the fact that we are God's children. Um, You know, later on, it will talk about, the Bible talk about that Adam has children in his image. Mm -hmm. Here we are actually the children of God, and and he creates this nursery for humankind, which is the paradise in chapter Mm 2, the Garden of Eden. Eden. And then terrible news come along that there is a kidnapper in chapter 3 that takes God's children away. This is uh, told to us in the story of the serpent that was there in the tree that beguiled Eve to eat the fruit from the tree that was forbidden. They had the entire planet to eat from, but they were restricted from this one tree, and she ate the fruit of that tree. And so, immediately after that, Adam and Eve experienced fear, shame, and blame, which are the first three uh, consequences of sin that we have in chapter uh, 3 of Genesis. They start pointing fingers at each other, were filled with shame, they try to cover themselves, they're afraid of God. And God comes in the picture, and this is where we have the first promise of Christmas, and is actually given in uh, in the presence of Adam, but is spoken to to the serpent, to the mm-hmm. devil that has uh, kidnapped them. And in essence, what he's telling him is, I'm going to get you for what you've done to my kids. But let's read this in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And I will put enmity between you, This he's, he's speaking here to the serpent, who, mm-hmm. who is Satan, between you and the woman, and the woman is referring to his followers, his church. Yeah. Yes, and in this case, don't forget that Adam and Eve are the the first uh, of humans. That's right. So, this woman is actually going to give birth to the whole race. That's right. And between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. So, this is the first promise of... Uh, a savior that would be a human savior, Mm -hmm. that would be the seed of the woman. In this case, um, we have here the descendants of the serpent would actually hurt Jesus Christ. That's right, which obviously they did. Yes. But through that process, Jesus crushed their head. He crushes the head of the serpent. Yes, and that is the promise that the whole Bible is trying to explain. The whole Old Testament is looking forward to the moment when this savior would be born no wonder they call it good news yes. in the New Testament, uh, which good news is the word gospel, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, in all English was God spell. Mm-hmm. It was good news, and then uh, eventually it got uh, smaller <laughs> because we took mm-hmm. some letters out. It was actually the good news that the Savior was born and that God's promise was true, and he was faithful to his promise. And that promise was that man would be reconciled to the Father. Sin had separated us, and it had caused death, but now man is reconciled, and we do this through the person of Jesus. And the uh, Apostle John, when he's writing his gospel, begins with this very thought of God uh, becoming flesh and being a part of us in order to reconcile us to the Father. It's very it's very interesting how the gospel of John starts in Genesis, because he duplicates mm-hmm. the week of creation in the first few 
two verses of his first chapter. Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. We yeah. start off with John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning. Yeah, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then he talks about creation mm-hmm. and how Jesus was a real life that came to the darkness in the same order as creation. But then verse 14 speaks of the final fulfillment of that promise that was made back in Genesis. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Here we have the beautiful uh, fulfillment of God coming to be among us, becoming flesh like one of us, uh, being the descendant uh, of the woman. Mm -hmm. And here he comes, and as we know now, um, tabernacled is is a word for dwelt, Mm -hmm. uh, which is like he encamped with us. He he became one of us. He brought his sleeping bag Mm -hmm. to live among us. And actually, he came to die because that was the promise that we will have a Savior. In the tabernacle was the Shekinah glory, the glorious presence of the Father, and Jesus becomes that presence because he is tabernacling with us in flesh. Jesus made that sacrifice to leave divinity, which was his right, and to put upon himself uh, the cloak of humanity along with divinity and dwell among us to live with us, not just for a little while, because basically he came to identify with us and to reconcile us to the Father. And what we celebrate in Christmas, really, is the fact that God was faithful to yeah. his first promise. That I mean, God is faithful to all his promises. I'm so glad that your wife, uh, Mike, was faithful to her promise that she made at the beginning of your marriage. I will never hurt you intentionally. Well, God made a promise that he would provide a savior, that we were not forever um, cast out of his presence, mm-hmm. that, that his children were too valuable and that he would come crush Satan's head and, you know, send a savior. Gail has kept her promise to me for 34 years now, but God kept his promise to us for a much longer period of time and, mm. and he has demonstrated himself because the promise was made first back in Genesis, perhaps 4,000 years prior <laughs> to the coming of Jesus. Yes, absolutely. And so yeah. for 4,000 years, they were repeating this promise saying it's going to be fulfilled and then Jesus comes in the flesh mm. as the baby to reconcile us to the Father, to reveal the Father's glory to us so that we could be one with him again. And here it is. John is celebrating this fact here. And the fact that he was faithful to the promise of his first coming. Mm-hmm. And that gives us all the hope that he will be faithful to the promise of his second coming. Because I will come again to receive you to myself. That Where I am, there you may be also. Yeah, so the whole thing is linked from Genesis to Revelation that the, the, the promise became true when Jesus came to be born and mm-hmm. he was born to die. He paid our price and is coming back for us. I mean, all of this has to do with the faithfulness of God to keep his promises. Absolutely. You know, again, I've said that Gail has kept her promise for 34 years. I have confidence that she's going to continue to keep that promise. God has kept his promise to us for much, much, much longer. And he He revealed that through the birth of Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection. I have every confidence to believe that he's going to keep the promise from now on. Yes. And in this season where everybody's buying gifts and everybody's is in a hurry, yeah. remember this. When Jesus was born, God kept his greatest promise of all time to send a savior for the human race. And he has also promised that if you accept him, you will live with him forever, for eternity. Your life may be somewhat tumultuous right now, and you may be filled with pain and wondering how on earth is it that God is faithful to you. He is faithful to you. He has redeemed you, and he is coming back for you. He is faithful to that promise, and he will not let you go. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. 
Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.